Greetings, denizens of Smoky Nightclubs. Thanks for listening to this episode of Shadows and Pinstripes. Patrick Swayze isn't here with us, but today I'm talking about the 1948 film classic Roadhouse, starring Ida Lupino and Richard Widmark. All right, first let's talk about this Blu-ray. So this is another Kino Lorber. In fact, I was inspired to buy this because of how impressed I was with the transfer on the two previous Kino Lorbers that I purchased and I had used uh, for the basis of two previous episodes. Both of them were the Gaslight Noir episodes. So Roadhouse, directed by Gene Negulesco. Starring Ida Lupino, Cornell Wilde, Celeste Holm, and Richard Widmark, the legend. Actually, there are two legends in this, because Ida Lupino and Richard Widmark are both legends of the noir genre, and this film does not disappoint. The Blu-ray has three special features listed. Uh, of course, it looks cool because the, the side of it is in that... Kino Lorber style that looks really good on the shelf. I actually at this point have five or six Kino Lorber flicks in Blu-ray on my shelf, and they all look really cool because the the spine of the Blu-rays are just they all look cool next to each other. You know, they've got the KL at the top, it says KL Studio Classics, and then along the side it's got the the white, the very thin white font, and it says Roadhouse. So it looks really cool. So the special features listed here. They have an audio commentary by film noir historians Kim Morgan and Eddie Muller, which, by the way, they recorded this commentary in 2008, I believe, long before Eddie Muller had the job at TCM. In fact, I think before they started doing any of the Noir City film festivals. But he, I think, I think at that point he was a guest he had guest appeared on, on Turner classic movies. I think so. I'm not even sure. Um, one of the other, well, they did say that they, they filmed, if you listen to the commentary, they did say that they filmed it the week that Richard Widmark died. So I don't know exactly when he died. I'm pretty sure it was in 2008. And, and the commentary is really good. Obviously it's Eddie Muller and it's got Kim Morgan. They, they play, they play off each other pretty well. The second special feature listed is called Killer Instinct, Richard Widmark and Ida Lupino at 20th Century Fox. I must confess, I didn't watch that featurette yet. I believe that's a featurette, and I didn't watch it, but I bet it's good because those are my two favorite actors from this movie, two of my favorite actors, period, Richard Widmark and Ida Lupino. And the third special feature is the trailer gallery, which if it's anything like the previous Kino Lorber films that I have looked at, it's going to have a bunch of Kino Lorber trailers on there. I looked, I did look at the menu and I saw that there were a handful of, of, it wasn't as many as some of the other ones. The, The other two films that I reviewed on this show, they had a bunch of trailers this one probably was released earlier than those two. Those two that I had, they both were released this year. And so that uh, that's a little bit different, but it's more of the same. It's it's the trailers 
advertising other remasters that Kino Lorber has done. And so that's fun. And it's a clever bit of marketing to get people interested in those other films. So Roadhouse, what is Roadhouse? Okay, it is not the Roadhouse that you think of when you first hear Roadhouse. Obviously, we, most people probably think of Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze, which is um, sort of a cult classic at this point. But Roadhouse, I... It's hard for me to watch anything with Richard Widmark and not focus on Richard Widmark. But the main character on this is, it, it, arguably, it's either Ida Lupino or Cornell Wilde. And the movie sort of reminds me of, there's a couple of other movies like this in film noir. I'm Sort of the, the love triangle type. I don't really want to call it the love triangle because it's not even really a love triangle. Um, but I will say this, Roadhouse is another showcase for Richard Widmark to be a psychopath. <laughs> I've said it, I don't know if I've said it on the show, but I have said it to people who have asked or people who uh, had the misfortune of listening to me talk about film noir, even though they didn't ask. And when I talk about Richard Widmark, I usually just indicate that, in my opinion, I believe he created the sort of original blueprint for what would later become the Joker, you know, the, the, the laughing maniac bad guy. And he does a little laughing in this film. He doesn't, he doesn't laugh near as much as he did when he played Tommy Udo, but he is definitely, he's definitely crazy. And that, that may be a mild spoiler because for about half of the film, you don't know that he's crazy. So it basically starts out with Ida Lupino showing up and it seems like maybe she's a femme fatale in the beginning. She shows up as a, as a singer at this roadhouse and the roadhouse is owned. You come to find out by Jefty. That's the character that Richard Woodmark plays Jefty's roadhouse and his friend Pete, who they've known for year. He's not, they've known each other for years and longtime friends and they're they're good buddies, and uh, but he he manages the place for him. So they they tell the story later on. Pete tells the story at some point that Jefty inherited it. He owned it. Uh, his his father owned it, and he inherited the place. And so, in the beginning, when they bring in Ida Lupino, by the way, her character's name is Lily Stevens they sort of mentioned that Jeffy goes on these benders. He'll go out of town and, and just, I guess, get drunk and then he'll find somebody and hire them to come back. And it, it's, it seems like this is sort of a pattern, right? And so the beginning of the movie is Pete walking in and seeing Ida Lupino there. And if you don't know Ida Lupino, she's a legend in the, in the noir in film noir, she, she pops up over and over again in, in film noirs. Just look her name up on IMDb, High Sierra. And she did a bunch of directing and stuff as well. And uh, I believe it was The Hitchhiker that she directed. And I'm, I'm actually certain of it. It was The Hitchhiker. And uh, she's, I mean, that's, that may be her, her biggest claim to fame, but she, she directed The Hitchhiker, which is a, I mean, 
you watch that movie and you think at the time in, in the, in the 1953 or whatever year that movie came out and you think a woman directed this dark film. I mean, we, that wouldn't be out of, so out of place now, but at the time when 90% of what was being directed or probably more than that were, were everything was directed by men and film noir was probably 99% directed by men. And for her to direct a legendary movie like hitchhiker that has just, I mean, stood the test of time is still just excellent, excellent, low budget, high entertaining movies. But that side of Lupino, she was she was an actress uh, most mostly, but but also directed, uh, you know, a good handful of films, uh, the most famous of which was The Hitchhiker. And so uh, but she also played in They Drive by Night, High Sierra. She she uh, she was with Bogart on a couple of couple of times. I think the movie The Sea Wolf she was in. A good handful of other of other movies. While the city sleeps, um, obviously this movie Roadhouse. Uh, you know, just look her up on IMDb and you'll see her um, showing up over and over again. You watch Turner Classic Movies and Noir Alley for any any amount of time, and you're going to see Ida Lupino. So okay, so she brings she gets brought in as uh, a new singer at the place. Now Jeff D has has brought her in, and it's you know we, we're ex- it's explained to us as the audience that. This is something he does, and he's given her a six-week contract. And um, Pete is the cooler head, the manager, and the movie basically starts out in you know with him being introduced to her, and he's recognizing this is another one of these things where you, you know Jeffy has found somebody and, and brought her in, and he has to take it upon himself to try to fix the problem. So the the beginning of the film is him, or shortly after the beginning, after he meets her. And she stands her own, of course. She's not She's not backing down from anyone. And so shortly thereafter, Pete is offering her money to leave. And she says, you know, something like, well, does Jeff D know that you're paying me off to leave? And Pete says something like, he'll, he'll recognize that it's for the best. So here's, here's money for you and goodbye. And then she slaps him <laughs> just super fast. And he's got this shocked look on his face. I think I felt at that moment, I was like, okay, for them to have such animosity for each other this early in the film, they're going to fall for one another. I don't know why I thought that. Um, but I was right. <laughs> so, so, but that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen quickly. There's sort of a situation where they just keep, ended up finding themselves together and it seems like they, they don't get along and eventually they get along and one thing leads to another and Jeff D is gone. He leaves town again. And uh, so there's this first, first little hint that you see that indicates that Jeff D might be crazy is there's a scene where, and they talk about being best buds and they, they sort of shadow box and they do all this stuff, you know, that just makes them seem like they're just bosom buddies. And then there's a, there's a scene where Jeff D asks Pete to teach Lily how to bowl. And he says, no, he's too busy or something like that. And Jeff D just, Instantly, his his fun-loving countenance changes, and he has this sort of look, like like Tommy Udo, just looking crazy, looking furious. You know, his entire demeanor changes, 
And he looks at Pete and he says, you know, I don't ever ask you for much, but this is something I need to happen. But he, he does it in that, in the, and just in this crazy, like you can't refuse me type of type of delivery. And so you sort of get this first look like, wait a minute, is Richard Widmark actually the villain in this? Because <laughs> in the beginning, who knows? I mean, it, it could have been Ida Lupino. She comes from out of town and and she's, you know, holds her own. And Richard Widmark seems like such a such a nice guy at this point. Unlike Tommy Udo, when he played that character, he was he was crazy from the from the very first moment you saw him. And looking back historically, we've seen him play the hero a few times or at least the anti-hero. Uh, but it's not to be. Roadhouse is not is not a, a vehicle in which Richard Widmark plays the hero. In fact, he's a psychotic villain. And he leaves town and eventually comes back talking to his best buddy. And uh, by this point, through sort of an up-and-down relationship, a sort of love-hate type of relationship thing, Pete and Lily have fallen in love. They've decided that they are going to be together. They want to get married. And sure enough, that's where the, the problem starts. So uh, so Jeffy comes back into town. He tells Pete. Uh, in fact, he shows him this little, I guess it's like a marriage certificate type of thing that he just had made up that shows they're going to be married. And he tells him, yeah, I'm going to marry Lily. And of course, this is not good because uh, Pete and Lily are now in love. And so he sort of slow plays it, you know, you, you've got, you got Pete sort of listening along, but also highly disturbed at the news. And he says something like, well, are you sure she wants to marry you? You know, things like that. And Jeffy's like, ah, don't worry about it. Women all want the same thing. They want someone to take care of them, blah, blah, blah. So I'll take care of her. And then he starts waxing poetic in his weird way. You know, she's the, she's the first person that's ever made me feel like this. And, you know, in other words, he loves her. He's in love with her or whatever. So Pete doesn't know what to say. He doesn't have a response for it. And he sort of just nods along. And, you know, he had just been with Lily that night when when Jeffy came back from being out of town. In fact, uh, one of the other ladies that was with them, one of the other workers um, who's there, um, sort of covered for them, you know, and um and she says something like, uh, you were with me tonight. You know, I think she sort of recognizes that, uh, that Jeffy's not going to like it to see these two together. All right. So he goes back to Pete goes back and he explains to Lily what happened. He says, well, Jeffy's here. He wants to marry you. And she's like, what is he crazy? I've never said anything. I'm, I'm not going to marry him. We're, we're going to be together. And Pete says, all right, well, I'm going to go explain it to him. And it seems like Pete's the last one to realize that Jeffy's crazy, I guess, because he's blinded by the fact that it's it's his longtime bosom buddy. And so. Even Lily's like, well, let me come with you. And he's like, no, no, it'll be OK. It'll be OK. So he goes and he sort of apologetically explains to Jeffy that something happened while you were gone. We didn't expect this to happen, but Lily and I are in love and we're going to get married. And Jeffy explodes and he says something like, I don't know you and you're not my friend or anything like that. And get out and don't don't talk to me and just explodes. Doesn't take it well at all. 
So he basically throws him out and just acts like an insane person. And so Pete and Lily, they get back together. He explains what happens and they basically make the decision that they're going to leave that night. And so Pete goes in. He just leaves a little note saying that we're leaving. I guess he didn't realize how maybe he thought Jeffy would cool off. I don't know. And so he... He takes $600 that was owed to him, and he writes a note, and then they leave, and they're, that's it. They're going to make their life together. So they're at the railroad station getting ready to leave, and a police car pulls up in the back while they're talking, and the policemen slowly make their way up to them, eventually catch up to them. You already know what's going to happen. Uh, Jeffy, Jeffy did something. I mean, you just know. When, when, in a film noir, in the fog, when the, when the police are walking up to, uh, to people who are about to make their new life together, they're not about to make their new life together. So they get him and they say, well, we need you to come back for questioning. They bring him in. And sure enough, Jeffy is there claiming that uh, he stole from him, took a took a full you know, receipt from the from the week. And then you have this sort of thing that happens in film noir sometimes where there's a trial and the trial. <laughs> The, tri the trial doesn't make a lot of sense, and it, there, there, there's never any, there's never any fair, there's never any justice, uh, <laughs> really, in a film noir. And you don't need to explain it either. They just, they just sort of gloss over it. And even though everybody in the room is saying, you know, that that one guy's innocent, and everybody knows it, um, it doesn't matter because the police can't be persuaded because they're always going to be idiots in film noir, <laughs> usually. And so it's a great, great, great film. However, <laughs> uh, Pete is found guilty. And <laughs> I, I'd say the part that, that, that the part that requires suspension of disbelief just a little bit is that everybody just knows that upstanding Pete is, uh, is guilty and so the right before he gets ready to 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 have his uh, sentence his uh, sentence read by the by the by the judge, <laughs> Jeffy goes in and talks to the judge and tells him basically convinces him to release Pete into house arrest <laughs> type of thing with Jeffy as his caretaker. Something like that. Uh, and, it, and it sounds like this when it comes. In other words, the person who just who just accused you and others have accused that person of, of framing you now wants to be your your legal guardian. And the judge says, sure, sounds like a great idea. So he comes out and he reads the sentence and he says, you know, your, your sentence is no less than two years and no more than 10 years in the, uh, in the penitentiary. And he goes, however, your sentence will be suspended because uh, Jeff D wants to be your legal guardian. Basically, he doesn't put it in those words, but he says, now, if Jeff D tells me at any point that you did anything wrong, we'll make sure that you go into the slammer for the full 10 years. You're welcome. <laughs> So, so, um, 
you know, everybody's sort of shaking Pete's hand and stuff. Like, yeah, congratulations, blah, blah, and all that stuff. But, uh, of course, as the viewer, you're in Pete's position, and you're thinking, what just happened? So your best bud who went nuts on you is now holds the not only you could have gotten out two years with good behavior or whatever. And now he can put you away for 10 and Jeffy lets him know very quickly once they get back that, uh, if you don't do anything I tell you to do, or if you mess up in any kind of way, if you don't do any, anything that I ask you to do, and you're going to follow me wherever I go, I'll let the judge know. And you're going away for 10 years. So, (laughs) so yeah, so that's the situation, and that's the sinking, sinking feeling in your stomach when you're when you're looking at what's going on here. And yeah, you gotta you gotta suspend your common sense there for a minute just to just to think. Of course, in 2021, um, maybe the way the world is now, you don't necessarily have to assume that people have common sense. Maybe a judge would do something insane like that. There's so much insanity going on, but. Anyway, so Jeffy comes back and uh, they're having a little party and he explains to Pete that you're going to go on a camping trip with me. And uh, Lily, Lily and Pete have talked about crossing the border, uh, Canadian border, and, and maybe trying to get away from it. And the other lady in the office, uh, or the other lady at the place that works there, Susie, Susie is her name. Um, you know, she's, she's the one who sort of stood up for Pete as well. And she's got eyes for Pete. And so, but Jeffy's going to get what he wants and it's Richard Woodmark being his, being who he is. <laughs> and so they're all going to go to the cabin and it's just a place for, it's just a way for Richard Woodmark to show off his crazy. He doesn't do a lot of laughing in this movie. Not like Tommy Udo. It's not like that. Uh, he, he plays the, he plays it a little, a little less Tommy Udo ish. And, um, but the crazy comes out while they're out there. He's got this, he's got this little shooting thing. He throw, you know, he's, he makes them all come out, out, come outside of the cabin. And he tells them he's the, he's a, he's the best marksman in the world. And he's, uh, even, even a better marksman when he's had some drinks and he <laughs> puts a tomato, what a can of tomatoes or a can of tomato sauce or something. Um, and he shoots it from 50 feet away and then he's talking about, yeah, it looks like blood, doesn't it? And, you know, it's just, he's just showcasing the crazy. That, that's what really, the, the scenes in the cabin are probably the best. This whole movie is great. It really is. There's a bar fight at the beginning. There's uh, Ida Lupino singing and it's her real voice. It's her real voice, uh, you know, singing, singing, doing the, playing the piano and singing at the beginning and everybody's all enthralled. And of course there's cigarette smoke in front of her. You know, it's just this, this smoky bar place you know the smoky roadhouse i mean the the movie is fantastic there is not a boring moment in this film and when they get out to the cabin it, even even then it's it's best you've got i mean you just you got jefty <laughs> being crazy you know you got richard widmark letting the crazy go and uh you've got the rest of them just sort of being held his prisoner and uh and the climax of the film it really happens out at the cabin and a lot of it is outside with, uh, with, with some really nice looking, um, forest, you know, forest backdrops and, uh, you know, sort of, uh, foggy forest and 
I won't speak to the end of the film. Uh, it is satisfying. It's it's a good flick. The last the last twenty minutes while they're out out there, supposedly in the close to the Canadian border in the cabin, are some of the most entertaining in the movie. I wouldn't have used I wouldn't have chosen this film for for a uh, for an episode if I didn't think it was worth watching. I obviously want to continue my trek to watch every um, Richard Widmark, Ida Lupino film. You know, there are uh, there are others who are sort of on my film noir bucket list. I want to I want to continue and make sure I watch all the Robert C. Mac films. Uh, but that, one of the biggest reasons I ordered this and no, I had not seen it before I ordered the Blu-ray. So I watched it uh, and then a, 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 later on, I ended up watching uh, some of it again, because what I wanted to do was listen to the to the commentary with with Eddie Muller and Kim Morgan. I didn't rewatch the entire thing with them. I may do that at some point um, because it was very, very fascinating listening to Eddie Muller pre uh, pre Noir City Film Festival and pre um, uh, Noir Alley Eddie Muller uh, doing doing the commentary. Uh, I thought they I thought they played off each other really well. I'm not very familiar with Kim Morgan, but uh, she was she was, she, you know, I, I enjoyed her comments as well. And I probably watched about half the, the movie again and then got interrupted. But I just want to watch everything that Richard Widmark did. <laughs> uh, Eddie Muller mentioned in one of the. I don't remember if it was on a noir alley or if it was on the the YouTube thing he does called Ask Eddie. But at one point he was comparing Richard Widmark and Dan Durier. And he was talking about how Dan Durier never got tired of playing those characters. Maybe he did, but he didn't stop trying to play those type of characters. You know, obviously he was known for smacking women and just being, just being this, this heavy all the time, being this, being the bad guy. And he said that, that Richard Widmark got tired of doing that. And he actively sought to not play those characters anymore. And, uh, he, he obviously didn't, this was before that, this was before he had opted to, to try to stop playing that type of character, uh, because he, he is, he is insane on this, on this movie. And though he sort of hides it while everything's going well, at some point it, it shows and he, uh, the crazy comes out. So he reveals it slowly, but when he does, it's glorious. And when they, when they go out to the cabin and he has, basically manipulated the law to where he now owns his own friend. And I, you kind of wonder at one point, I I'm wondering when I watch it, what's the end game? What is it he's hoping to get? <laughs> is it just to try to get Pete thrown away for, for the full 10 years? What, you know, what is it? Is it, is it to manipulate them into letting him, I don't know, have the woman he wants. I, I really don't know. Uh, I still don't know because it, it sort of devolves into this into this craziness, which is glorious. And so, <laughs> uh, so again, another Kino Lorber that I'm glad I, I got, and I and I have five, I have five of them now because since I started picking up these Kino Lorbers, and I don't know why I avoided them for a long time because I just didn't I didn't think they were going to be remastered very well. I didn't know if I was going to like the quality, and of the five that I have. Four of them I have thought were perfect remasters, like like the level of if not if not the film noir foundations ty type of thing, 
maybe at least one that you would expect from the Arrow films or or um, who's the other one that, you know, Criterion, just just a perfect remaster that you don't notice any issues with one of them. And I'll talk about it in an upcoming episode because it's a good it's a good movie, but I will not give it a good uh, review. Oh, that actually wasn't a Kino Lorber, was it? Okay, so let me spoil it. I'm in I am in an upcoming uh, upcoming episode. I'm going to talk about the strange affair of Uncle Harry. And uh, I was thinking that was a Kino Lorber. That's not a Kino Lorber. So actually all of the Kino Lorbers that I have have good had good transfers and just well worth the price of admission. The Strange Affair of Uncle Harry, I will be recording an episode maybe next week or the week after very, very soon, though. And I'll talk about it. Excellent film for the most part. But it's an olive films. It's 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 it was produced by olive films. And I don't know. So I've heard I've read some people defending all of films online saying it's OK that they're bare bones because they're still bringing back films and remastering films that we would have lost. And I guess OK. But uh, yeah, that one I watched and it had nothing. And, 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 the, and the remaster wasn't even very good. But uh, but anyway, I'll save that for for another time. I'll save that for next week or the week after. So uh, Roadhouse, if you haven't seen it, watch it. The artwork on the front of the of the Kino Lorber remaster is excellent. All of their all of the art on these Kino Kino Lorbers visually, they have it all. They they've got it set up the right way. They're, uh the covers look great. The uh, the spines when you line them up next to each other, they look great. And they have enough special features. I mean, this one's got a commentary with Eddie Muller. What more can you ask for? So so they're knocking it out. I'm gonna. In fact, I've been perusing the Kino Lorber website lately to see if I can find any any good deals. If you order. If you order over 50 bucks on their website, they give you free shipping. I almost pulled the trigger on that the other day, but I, I wasn't really sure if I wasn't really sure if they were going to ship it fast enough. They gave me a disclaimer at the end and it may have been nothing, but it said uh, they don't break up shipments. And so if one of them is not in stock, then the others will have to be held. And I was like, I don't know if I'm ordering three or four Blu-rays at once. I don't want to wait two weeks for one of them to get in stock and they couldn't tell me if it was in stock. So I assumed it was in stock, but I ended up not ordering that. And then I ended up looking for the same titles on Amazon. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, so I'm a fan of Kino Lorber at this point. I like what they're doing. I should not have avoided them for as long as I did because I have been pleasantly surprised by each and every one of these films that they have chosen to remaster and release. And they all have commentaries and they all have extra features and they all have, a bunch of other trailers for other films that they've remastered. So uh, excellent film. I really thoroughly enjoyed Roadhouse. Uh, it was one that I had no experience with prior. And it's 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 a Richard Woodmark showcase. It's an Ida Lupino show, showcase. And uh, excellent, excellent film. So check it out if you haven't. And you know what I'm about to say. If you listen to my show at any point... When you go to watch the movie, make sure you have a good copy. Make sure you're not going to be bothered. Turn the lights off and please, please, please turn your phone off when you watch the movie.